Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Christian Pellis, CEO of Mundi Deutschland, about how to enhance the understanding of the financial services industry to reduce the fear to invest. All that happening right now in Flex and the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Trees for Flex and the City. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have somebody who I started working with at the beginning of my career, 30 years ago, I think. And his name is Christian Pellis. He's the CEO of Amundi in Deutschland. Um, Christian speaks Dutch, English, French and German, and currently lives in Germany. It's a pleasure to see you and speak to you again, Christian, on Flex in the City. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rachel, and thank you for having me here on your show. And yes, it is 30 years ago, but you still look very young, luckily. We do look very young, I'm <laughs> happy to say. Happy to say. So, Christian, um, for the listeners, I'd love to just hear a little bit about your story. Um, I know that you, you, you know, you've worked in asset management and, and the industry for many years, so Maybe for the listeners, could you say a little bit about your background, where you grew up and, and how you came to be working in Germany? Yeah, funny. I mean, this is actually the third time I'm living in Germany in my life. As I said to the people here, it just feels like a little bit like coming back home. But actually, I'm Dutch. was born in the Netherlands, somewhere very close to the Belgian border. Grew up there, went to school, did the hotel management school, funny enough, before I started studying. And in between, I went to Luxembourg, worked in a hotel there uh, after my hotel management studies. Uh, from that experience, I went to Germany, to Berlin. It was the first time living in Germany. And when I came back to Holland to study and I needed a job again, uh, I called some friends in Luxembourg and they all started working in the financial industry. So I thought, well, that's good. So that's where we met. I started working at uh, Flemings in Luxembourg. And then I had to prove a little bit my English because that was needed for, for, for the company. And But also the fact that I could speak German at that time was a great advantage because they really liked some German speakers as that was one of the markets where they started entering the business from the UK into, into Europe. And I think Germany was one of the first bigger markets uh, for them. Absolutely. We used to work with DM Magazine, I think, from memory back in the day, so a long time ago. How did you end up doing the job that you're doing now, Christian? After working in Luxembourg for a couple of years, I was approached by a company, again, an Anglo-Saxon company, who wanted to uh, start a business in Germany. And they also said, well, Chris, maybe you, you want to work in sales. And I wasn't 100% sure, but, well, the offer was attractive. And uh, I always liked the, the idea to work in sales, but, you know, and, and didn't have the opportunity until that time. And Germany, of course, the market I knew well. I could speak the language. Mm -hmm. So that is why I started working for that company, uh, still from Luxembourg, but uh, in, in, in Germany again. And from that, actually, it, it, it continued. So I, I did many years Germany. Because it was an Anglo-Saxon company headquarters in London, they asked me at one point whether I want to run Europe. And that was interesting because, as, as I said before, you know, being Dutch, uh, speaking the languages, knowing a little bit of the cultures then at that time from France, uh, Luxembourg, Germany. I thought it was quite interesting. So I moved at that time to the UK, lived there for about six years and, and explored opportunities for distribution uh, in, in Europe. After that, I spent, uh, well, actually in that role was quite funny. I learned also uh, the markets in Latin America because they had some business in, uh, in Chile. 
and pension fund business. So I learned uh, Latin America. Later on, I spent a couple of years in Switzerland, which was funny because there's again another culture to the, the, the German culture or the Anglo-Saxon culture. And they were actually quite active in Asia. So that's how I got to know Asia. So when Amundi uh, called me for a job as global head of distribution, I was ready because I knew Europe. I understood a little bit of Latin America and I learned uh, what Asia was all about. So it was the, the perfect timing to switch to Amundi uh, beginning of 2013 to, and, and live actually in Paris. Wow. I mean, on Facts of the City, we've interviewed many, many global leaders, but I think you probably tick the, the box, you probably get the top top mark for living in so many different countries, Christian. So a question about leadership, you, you, you know, you've, you've lived and worked across the globe. Is there an inspiring leader that you can cite or is there a financial services leader that's inspired you in your career to date? No, I, I don't really have a leader as such. I think it's much more the type of leader. I like somebody who really knows where he would like to go or she would like to go. Uh, drive the business forward, and, and I try to do the same myself, and, and, and be an example for, for the rest of the troops and put these people together and, and make sure that what people believe in is, is well understood by the people within the firm and drive that forward. So I, I think, you know, a type of a driver person who can explain to the rest of the team where it is, where we're going. And if that person is more often right or wrong, that's good for, for the entire company. The person who I, I mean, it's, it's a spy is always in, uh, maybe a wrong word, but I think Barack Obama, in the way how he presented himself, how the way he could do speeches, high convincing speeches, that was fantastic, I thought. I mean, that, that was somebody really you could uh, look up to and, and it was good to listen to, you know. So I think he could convince people by talking. And that is, I think, uh, great if people can do that. Yeah, and what would you say that you stand for as a leader, Christian? Well, I try to actually because I spent so many time, so many years in sales. I'm definitely the driver, so uh, I'm, I'm driving uh, the team forward uh, and myself. Uh, I, I'm constantly looking for for challenges, new ideas, and doing things, and, and that's what I look for also in the people around me. But also, I mean, I, I would try to explain that is the way we're going in the hope that I can convince the people to go with me on their journey, but also by, by listening very carefully to the people around me about what it is that they would like to do, what they think is good or not so good, and, and use that advice in order to make the best decision. So I don't really think that I can do it uh, at all on my own. You need to have the right people around you. You need to ask the right questions, give the right feedback, listen carefully, and then together you can come to, to great things. Yeah, definitely a coaching style of leadership if you're asking powerful questions to get the best out of um, people. Yeah, but then also, you know, that's what we, we look at when we look at people. I mean, just as a conversation last week with somebody where we will give that person a coach because we believe the person is very good. With a coach, the person could even be better. And a coach, uh, I think in, in life, I had uh, many coaches because I had a lot of things to improve. Uh, and, and, but it worked, you know, I mean, if you listen and uh, you get the feedback from people and it was always, you know, uh, and the, 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 the common thread in there. And if you use that and to improve yourself, then even at my age, you can still improve. And I think even, you know, when you're 80, you can still improve, but you need to, you need to be open minded for it. 
Well, it sounds like that's one of the traits that has brought you your own success. Is there anything else that you think, you know, you, you've definitely got what I would say a growth mindset, thinking about how you can constantly improve and be challenged. Is, is there anything else that you think's brought you your success, Christian? Well, I, I try to think about being consistent and consequent in, in the things I'm doing and, and setting, as I said, the right goals for the people around me and myself. And I like a challenge. I need a challenge. And therefore, um, with liking and needing the challenge, you're constantly looking at, at, at new ideas and new things to do. And when the day is over, you, you, you're ready. But then the next day is, is a new day with new challenges and opportunities. And I think in sales, that's quite important because you win a business and the day after you have won the business, you need to win a new business. So that, that helped me. And in this new role as CEO of Amundi Deutschland, uh, it helps me as well because uh, I need to be able to work with everybody in this organization because we, we, we have everybody here, investment people and risk people and legal and et cetera, to make sure they are driving with all of us towards what is best for our clients because that's at the end of the day is what makes you successful uh, in a company. Absolutely. And so outside of work, I know you have three children, four children, four children. You have um, three older children and one younger. Um, yeah. Keeping you very young, Christian. <laughs> so, so with your older children, um, do, they, do they understand what you do and are they interested in financial services? Well, I, I save some money for them as, uh, as parents do. And I invested that um, in uh, three investment funds. And when they were 18 years old, by law, I had to explain to them that they had some money and three investment accounts. And the oldest one said, yes, thank you. I need to change it one day to ESG. I don't think she ever touched it since. It's now 22. Mm -hmm. My second one, the son, he said, well, if I trade, can I make a lot of money? He said, no, no, this is a long-term game, not short-term. And my youngest daughter was a little bit smarter, but she, she wants me to make the decisions for her. So actually, to cut a long story short, no, they're not by nature interested in the financial industry or by investing and, and why you need to do that. They understand the rationale and explain it to them, but no, they're not really taking the lead as such. So, so Christian, do you think that th this industry, the financial services industry, is really doing enough to connect with new generations like your, your kids as investors or, or even potential employees? Well, at the moon, the ESG is, is, is very important. And, and the ESG story is started in Paris when uh, Amundi was founded in 2010 and brought us a lot of interest over the years. And years ago, it was mainly an institutional story from pension funds who had to follow certain guidelines in order to keep uh, the regulator and or uh, the, the people investing into the pension funds happy. Today, it is a trend. There's no way back. This is the future. And ESG, and definitely last year due to Corona, the S, the social impact, has increased a lot. I think after Corona time, there will be a lot of companies who need to think again how to deal with their staff. Can ever, does everybody need to come back to the office or can you work one, two days from, uh, from another location and to increase your work-life balance? People started investing more. Of course, you had a very quick dip of the market, but very rapidly uh, the market corrected and people starting uh, investing. 
we saw here in Germany a lot of demand for ETFs and a high demand for the ETF in combination with ESG. And that was actually very key for us because we can use that in our conversations. And we also saw a lot of young people investing in mm. ETS because it's relatively cheap and easy to do. And the online banks in Germany are gaining huge market share from the more traditional banks by offering savings account, regular savings accounts, uh, whereby these investors can open account for free and invest for a very low price. And that actually has increased uh, the, the interest, but it is definitely not enough, but it is at least a, a positive sign for the future. Absolutely. So I'm very curious because you're a global executive, Christian. How would you describe the culture of, of Amundi, which is a very international organization? How would you describe it? How does it how does it rock and roll? Well, when I started in 2013, I was based in Paris, I was responsible for global sales. Right. And that was at that time a French company. And we trying to sell outside France. Luckily, I was uh, successful enough in doing so. And we have grown over the years. But actually, the biggest thing for us was our IPO and right. the acquisition of, uh, of Pioneer. Right. Pioneer was an American-Italian company. With that, we brought different kinds of people to the, to the French culture. And the language also changed from French to English. Mm-hmm. I, of course, was already talking English to most of my people because outside Paris, where most of my teams were based, people could not speak French. Um, so English was the, the language in my, in my team uh, meetings. But now also in our executive committee in, in France, it was English. Uh, it was common sense to write also now in English and not sometimes French, sometimes English. So that has really changed the culture. The French culture is also one, I mean, there's no right or wrong, but where... We try to guide from the center, but give also a lot of authority and autonomy to to the local entities. So it's a combination of of both. So you have a lot of freedom in in the way how you can implement the strategy that that you have discussed uh, with uh, your colleagues uh, in uh, in headquarters or around the world. And then it is about you implementing it. So that's what I really liked. And I was given that opportunity eight years in my global role as head of uh, distribution sales. And now I have to be given the same uh, responsibility for, for in Germany. So that is actually, it is a very open-minded company and that's what I like. So you get a challenge and you can complete the challenge yourself. Fantastic. So here's, here's my really big question for you, Christian. I'm going to give you the power to have a magic wand and um, change financial services. So if you had that, um, that, that power, what needs to change? One of the things I'm, I'm concerned about since a long time, and it's a little bit to what I was talking about, about my kids, they don't need to work in the financial industry, but they need to understand the importance of it for themselves, for the long-term future. And when I was young, my father learned me that, you know, you put someone in the bank account, you get 5 6% and everything will be fine. That's no longer the case. So you need to invest, but invest equals some risks. And by putting some money in a savings account, there was no real risk involved. At the moment, you don't get any money for it. I actually is going to cost you money. So now to, to explain a, for a lot of people, boring story, which is financials, is boring for a lot of people. It is not emotional, touchable. So what, what can you do with it? And that's why I think we need to make sure that, well, if I could make a change, we'll make it emotional. Like buying a car is an emotional exercise. 
But that is not the same with investing. So when we can talk about ESG, for example, suddenly, you know, you can get quite some people attracted to investing because they feel they can do something. You can explain what we're doing in order to make it ESG and you have a story. But it is still a very difficult story because you need to tell people to put money away for a long time in order to take care when they get older. And when you're 20 or 30, you don't believe that you're going to live until 80 or 90 or maybe even 100 now and that you need money for that. But it is, it is important and it is definitely needed. So we need to make financial services emotional and, and sexy again, I guess. Exactly. Fantastic. So outside of uh, work, obviously you have three older children, one younger child that's definitely keeping you busy. What, what else do you do, Christian? Well, oh, I mean, I, I take care of the, of the young one a lot at the moment, which is which is fun. Uh, keeps me young, and it's okay. important. When it is possible, one of the f- languages I don't speak, I would love to speak, is Spanish, because my mother-in-law is uh, half is, is Spanish. So we go often there for family visits, less due to Corona, but hopefully we can soon. And then also there for, you know, the, the food and the good glass of wine is, uh, is the one I like a lot. In order to offset uh, the stress and uh, the eating and the drinking, I need to make sure I do some sports. So I love running. I love sports in general. So I do two, three times a week some fitness with a trainer. How far do you run when you run? At the moment, between 10 and 15 kilometers. I used to do a bit more, but when you get older, you have a little bit more injuries. And every time you have some injuries, you go back. So the last time I had an official checkup, I was told no longer than a half a marathon. So I, I got the advice not to run a marathon anymore. So. Ah, but you have run marathons before. I have done a few. The last one was in Paris, uh, 2017. And that was actually a great joy. But you're really exhausted after one. And I, had not, I didn't have great times, but at least I managed to run it. And that was, for me, the, the most important part. So let me ask you this question. What can financial services learn from running? Well, you know, when I wanted to run the marathon the first time, I, I thought I was well prepared. So I had the personal trainer uh, explain to me what I needed to do. I run every day. So five, six days per week, I watched that while I was eating. I managed, but uh, the timing was horrible and it took me a long time. And the, the other time, the last one I ran was a couple of years later. And I still had the same personal training in Paris. So we really went for a diet, uh, no alcohol, training in, in a program. And you learn that you need to have discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, discipline is incremental. So it is not something you can do from today to tomorrow. It will take time. And the performance is not every day the same, but over the period of time, you become better. And I think that is the same with, you know, investing or with working in the financial industry. You cannot do all things together. You cannot do something from today to tomorrow. It will take time and you need to have different steps. But eventually, when you get there, it is a really good feeling. And in order to get there, that's sometimes, you know, a medium to long-term way. And that's the same with investing. You know, you, you, don't, you will not make money from today to tomorrow. It takes time. And sometimes the little steps are much more important than, than the big steps because many little steps is also a big step. And the, the expression in English, you know, you need to be able to, to work before you can run is, is, I think, also in your career. And, and that's for everybody who is at the beginning of his career important. You need to uh, take your time and eventually, you know, you will get there. But sometimes you need to be patient. And that's somebody saying that who is not patient at all himself. 
Ah, very good. Christian Palace, CEO of Amundi Deutschland. Thank you so much for being on Flex in the City. Ich bedanke mich so sehr. Danke, grand merci et danke well. Vielen Dank, bis, uh, bis bald. Thank you. You just listened to Flex in the City. Catch us on our next episode.